Welcome to Demystified Podcast episode number six. Quick intro. My name is Justin. I am a CPA in Bellevue, Washington, uh, US of A. Our practice specializes in global business consulting, taxation strategy, and mitigation financial statements and audit defense. If you'd like to reach our office, please email us at admin at justinjash.com. That is admin at justinjash.com. So thank you all for being on the podcast today. The topic of today's podcast is start believing in the impossible. Start believing in the impossible. And I think this is an interesting topic to discuss because I think that we as human beings are conditioned from a very young age to believe uh, in a certain way, right? We're taught from a very young age to to think uh, in a certain way, right? And and uh, our minds are shaped and transformed uh, to to think uh, in certain ways. And I think that's influenced, of course, by you know, the people that are involved in our younger years of life. That's uh, it's influenced by, of course, the media that's involved in our life. It's also influenced by, you know, people of influence in our life and, and leaders, political leaders, uh, uh, employment leaders, job leaders, uh, all of that. So, and I think that, you know, within this mindset, we're taught to believe that certain things in life are impossible, whether they're good or bad, but certain things in life are impossible. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm an optimist, right? I believe in a realistic appraisal of the world, right? The facts are just the facts. That's the way I see it. I'm, I'm a facts and evidence type of guy, right? And I especially like the numbers. Uh, the facts are today, uh, people are living longer. We just are. As human beings, we're living longer. We're healthier. We're more productive than ever before ever before in the history of humankind, right? We can stay active and energetic longer than ever before. And I think this is, this is truly amazing, right? Over the, you know, 5,000 years of, uh, so many thousands of years of, of evolution in, in, in humankind and mankind, uh, this is really an amazing spectacle. And I think today we live in a time of relative peace around the world. I was just listening to an interesting statistic. They said over the last, you know, 5,000 years of, of mankind, uh, just over the last, within the last 5,000 years, just over the last 50, uh, we've never seen as much peace in the last 50 years. And, you know, that's true. I mean, look at the Go back in history, you know, we have the Vietnam War, then World War II, and then World War One, and then every single other, you know, minor and major war in between now and the last 5,000 years, uh, there has been a lot of war. So, so now we're in this time of relative peace, and we're able to travel across oceans. And, and you know, with a U.S. passport, it's like Willy Wonka, it's like a golden ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory with the U.S. passport, we can get into many different countries, many different countries. And, and that's all, you know, today due to the, the technological transformations 
that have happened just over the course of the last handful of years. You know, I mean, they've, they're phenomenal. They are truly phenomenal. I mean, just look, you know, we can live wherever you want. We can work we wherever we want due to these technology transformations. We can have a business partners on the other side of the world, right? We can have employees, customers, etc. on the other side of the world. Ge- geography has become completely irrelevant in almost everything that we do in our lives due to these technological transformations, right? These certain things that were deemed impossible before, right? And it's so much easier to create value and prosperity in the world today. And we can do it, boom, in an instant. You know, personally, on a personal note, I traveled uh, across 21 different countries. I've, I've built teams in foreign countries. I hold investments within different uh, foreign countries, buy currency within well-capitalized foreign banks, have investments in solvent foreign economies. It's truly amazing just how limitless the world is today because of these technological advances. You know, and there are just so many opportunities in the world today. You know, and as an entrepreneur, as a value creator, you know, this is truly good news. You know, this is very good news. Uh, I do believe, though, that, you know, of course, as with opportunities, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, I love opportunities. But, you know, as with any opportunity in the world, uh, there's always risk. And it would be foolish not to consider this risk, right? Uh, I think, uh, you know, as an investor, we're always looking to mitigate a risk. Uh, the potential risk to any type of in- investment, uh, the most that we can. And we do that by doing our due diligence up front, right? Uh, through it, with the due diligence process, we can mit- mitigate the risk of any uh, investment and, you know, essentially increase our return on that investment, right? But there, there is risk, uh, you know, on, and I'm not just talking about, you know, local economies or our state economies I'm talking on a global level there are you know p- you know potentially terminal problems on a grand scale and I think a lot of these problems particularly are uh, are involved within these western governments and western you know I mean of course the United States of America uh, many different European countries even Japan I would consider, a Western government. Now, of course, the U.S., you know, we lead the way. We do. We lead the way with $21 trillion in debt. And that's just on a nominal level, right? I'm not counting, you know, underfunded pension plans, Social Security, uh, Medicare, uh, all of that. So, I mean, the net worth of the U.S., if you were to pull up, if you just Google U.S. financial statements, uh, you would be able to pull up the net worth of the U.S., which is, of course, just, you know, assets minus liabilities and, and anything if it's, if it's you know, assets in excess of, of liabilities, you know, that's a good thing. That's a surplus. And if it's liabilities in excess of assets, you know, that's, that's a deficit. That's, that's a bad, uh, it's potentially a bad thing. It means we're, we're not solvent. So the net worth of the U.S. is uh, minus 72 trillion. Liabilities in excess of assets 
is it's minus $72 trillion. That number is, it's huge. It's enormous. Just the number trillion, like I don't think there's even like any type of physical representation of that number within existence today. And I can comprehend, you know, uh, billions, right? We, we measure uh, global pop countries, population, global population. We measure that in billions, but there's no physical representation of a trillion. That number is, it's like unfathomable. It's unfathomable. And right now, the U.S. is at a minus 72 trillion, counting our unfunded, you know, what we have right now in the books in terms of debt, plus our unfunded uh, pension programs, as well as other liabilities that will come up here in the future. Last year, the U.S. lost over $1 trillion, $1 trillion, and this was just a normal year, right? We weren't, we're not fighting any wars, right? There's no economic financial collapse going on. It's just a normal year, and we lost one trillion dollars you know we and then we racked up another trillion dollars in debt on top of that you know it was 20 now it's it's 21 and that's just what we have in debt today you know and we're not the only country of course in the world uh, you know japan's in far worse shape than we are uh you know their economy is their debt to GDP right now is it's like over two hundred percent. They're 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 so far in the hole it's it's ridiculous, right? Over fifty percent of their budget goes to pay just the interest on their existing debt, right? And you know, of course, just recently we're seeing countries, you know, Italy in the news. They're you know so many trillions of dollars in debt, their economy is faltering, their banks are potentially collapsing. What's going on in South America, in Venezuela, the same thing, they printed so much money and put themselves so far into debt that you know the economy is collapsing, people are rioting in the streets, throwing um, Molotov cocktails at, at, at police motorcycles, right? It's just like pure, just insanity going on. Right. So, so all of this, so, so who, so all this stuff would be considered impossible just a few years ago, but it is possible. It's happening. We're living in a time of, you know, it's time to start believing in the impossible. You know, as I mentioned before about the U.S. financial statement, Social Security and Medicare are set to run out of money. The very retirement plan that you've paid into for the last, However many years uh, is set to run out of money, you may not even get it. I know I'm not going to get it. I'm not planning for it. I have my own retirement investments. And I have other ways that I plan on funding my retirement in the future. Right? Now, whoever th thought that, you know, it'd be impossible that, you know, your, your retirement pension would not be able to be paid. But it says it, right? If you look in the notes of the financial statement... It says that the Social Security and Medicare fund will be completely insolvent by the year 2034, completely out of money, right? So start believing in the impossible. Now, how about financial markets? Let's look at financial markets uh, all over the world. Just absurdly overvalued, right? Negative yields on bonds, overpriced bond prices, right? Right? Certain European countries issuing 
these bonds with negative yields. Uh, was it? I think it was Argentina offered a hundred-year bond with a negative yield. Who's gonna lock? Who's who would want to tie their money up for a hundred years with a negative yield, or negative return on on money? Who would do that? It makes no sense, right? It's impossible to even think that way. Yet it happened. Um, stock values, stock prices, massively overvalued. P.E. ratios are at levels only seen prior to a crash. If we look back over the history of the uh, of the Stockshiller index, we look over price to earnings. Price to earnings is just a measurement of, hey, I put so much money out and it's going to take me this many years to get my principal back. You know, the price we pay for earnings of a company only – been higher two other times in economic history, right before uh, the 0708 financial crash, and then and then before the, the Great Depression, right? And we're there, right now, you know. And people are still buying these stocks and, and putting money in these companies, right? Insider buying, insider buying isn't necessarily a bad thing uh, if a company is believes in their. You know their company. They they know their their company is going to add value to a market. Insider buying is not it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's insider buying is at the lowest level in decades, right? However, on the flip side, we are seeing insider selling. So people on the inside know what's happening, know what potentially is coming down the road, and they're selling. They're getting out of these these stocks, right? Companies borrowing money to issue dividends, just to issue dividends, putting themselves farther into debt to issue these dividends, right? Mike Tyson just, (laughs) I think it was last year, Mike Tyson had pitched a brokerage account somewhere in Vanuatu promising to pay 400 to 1 leverage, right? It's time to start believing in the impossible. How about real estate? We're all my real estate investors out there. Real estate prices are at all-time highs. Never been higher in the history of real estate prices. You know, here in the Pacific Northwest, it may be different in other parts, other markets that I'm not as familiar with. But I know I've been keeping my pulse on the real estate market. Here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, the last couple of years, it's starting to cool down a little bit. But over the last couple of years, it was very common to have multiple offers the first day of listing, and then even, even uh, you know, offers coming in fifty to a hundred thousand dollars over list price, right? Uh, uh, you know, GDP growth across the globe decreasing. Of course, now we have Trump in office who is working on that. And even in, in the last quarter, it's, uh, our GDP growth uh, has gone up a little bit. But, you know, across the globe, you know, GDP growth has essentially been decreasing over the last handful of years, right? And, and inflation, you know, prices are going up. Productivity is going down. Prices are going up. Uh and, and wages are essentially staying flat, right? I think there's a term for that uh, in – it's called stag, stagflation, right? Stagflation. 
this is not necessarily a good thing for for uh, in in different economies, right? So, civil asset for forfeitures, right? The government will come in and just, you know, for whatever reason, they have the legal right to steal your cash, your real estate, your investments, if they believe that you have broken some type of law in any way. So these are at all-time highs around the world. Civil asset forfeitures. Governments are broke. They need to finance their governments somehow. A band on cash. There's been this demonetization in India and the Indian rupee. Right? There's even talk in Congress about banning $100 bills. You know, we'll see if that comes to fruition. So this band on cash. You know, and it's just this whole idea of just over-criminalization. You know, people people being arrested and being, you know, treated as criminals for 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 crimes that <laughs> should not, you know, these crimes should not be should not be punishable in, in, in any type of way, or these people should not be treated the way that they've been treated for these different types of as criminals for these these minimal crimes. So I mean the reality is just that you know we have to acknowledge you know the facts. We just have to acknowledge the facts. We're living in a time of tremendous opportunity. However, like I mentioned, without not uh not without tremendous risk involved, right? And we're living in this time when you start believing in the impossible. Impossible in good ways, you know, and in bad ways. And and as as I mentioned, you know, we just it starts with just acknowledging these facts. You know, we have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, our government, the US government and many other governments around the world are broke and they're printing money. You know, we're printing money to pay interest on debt, just to pay the interest on the debt that we've already borrowed. Right? We have to acknowledge the reality that, you know, pensions, Social Security, Medicare, and even, you know, private, you know, state pensions are extremely underfunded. Right? Uh, We have to acknowledge the reality that the bank that you're most likely doing business with is uh, most likely insolvent and could be undercapitalized, right? And and they may be lying to you about their certain position of, of, of assets and, and, and what they have to cover certain their, their, their deposits, the liabilities of the bank, right? The reality is that we just, we, we have to acknowledge that the financial system that we've had faith in for so long is built on a house of cards, right? So, I mean, look at the Fed. As interest rates go up, uh, you know, and the Fed is in charge of increasing interest rates. So, as interest rates go up, the value of the Fed's bond portfolio goes down. They're essentially they're engineering their own insolvency. The bonds that they hold, you know, UST bill, T-bonds, that they buy, the value of the bonds in their own portfolio go down. They're engineering their own 
insolvency, right? Company companies are engineering phony dividends, as I mentioned before, borrowing record amounts of debt just to issue dividends to shareholders. Insider insider selling instead of insider buying. I'd mentioned that before, right? And all this has happened. Just you know, it's taken. You know, it, it's not like uh, it's been going on for a while. All this is is going on, been going on for a while. Ernest Hemingway, I believe Ernest Hemingway, uh, when he talks about bankruptcy, Hemingway says, uh, you know, it's gradually then suddenly, gradually then suddenly, right? It's like the upside down hockey stick effect, right? Kind of gradually then suddenly it just drops off. And all these risks have been building up in the system for, for quite some time. All these risks that we've been, you know, we've had 0% interest rates followed by a, a, a booming economy, right? A, a bull economy for the last 10 years. We've never seen that. Uh, it's never, it's unprecedented. We've never seen it in going back 5,000 years in economic history. We've never seen, you know, these different market forces at work together, right? And... And so it's like gradually, then suddenly, everything could happen just boom. At the at the push of a button, at the drop of a hat. And we can see the risks in the system. We can see them. They're all facts. I mean, they're all there. We just have to look at them. However, we just don't know when. And it's uh, like Jim Rickards, he talks about, you know, like an avalanche. It's not the first avalanche or the, or the many, or it's not the first snowflake or the many snowflakes that fall on the pile of snow. It's that last snowflake that falls on the pile of snow and causes that avalanche, right? We don't know what exactly or when exactly. Uh, we just don't, we just know that, you know, it will happen. So, I mean, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm an optimist and I always, you know, we can talk about a problem, a potential problem in the world. Uh, but of course, the next question is, how can we be prepared for it? How can we see this obstacle? How can we get under it, over it, around it? Whatever the case may be, uh, how do we get past this obstacle, right? And you hear, I mean, certain things like being prepared in the financial markets, you know? Uh, you know, and talking about this whole idea of, of impossible, Right. How do I know? I mean, here's one example. Just over the half, you know, just over the last. Uh, how about our last presidential campaign? Right. We've seen many things happen over the last few years that were coined impossible. You want to know why I believe in the impossible? Look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, a bona fide socialist. Who thought that a bona fide socialist would be the leading president, the presidential one of the leading presidential contenders in our last presidential election, right? It would be foolish to bet everything on the impossible. You know, when financial markets get too overheated, it's always followed by, you know, a correction, a bear market. You know, when banking systems become too insolvent, undercapitalized, etc., uh, they could go under. You know, we just celebrated 10 years of Lehman Brothers. You know, the debt problems. Uh, this isn't the first time that a government's printed 
too much money and, and gone into a tremendous amount of debt. Uh, you know, we if we look back in economic history, this has happened before, right? This isn't the time the first economic superpower has done this. This has happened many times before. We only have to look back into history to see this. It has happened before, right? And I've heard the old saying that history doesn't always repeat itself, but it does rhyme, right? It's not like it's unprecedented. This is... There is a precedent. This has happened before, okay? But like I mentioned, there's, you know, there are certain things that we can do, you know, and a lot of my, uh, you read some of my blogs in the past, so we're always talking about, we're always talking about different ways that we can save money in taxes. I'm the CPA, we do taxation strategy, right? Not only here in the US, but on an international level. I've seen some of the biggest, for my clients, uh, I've seen some of the biggest returns on investment just based on tax savings alone. There are huge legal ways for us to legally, legitimately slash our taxes by huge amounts, huge amounts, right? But we have to be willing to do that. We have to start believing that, start believing in the impossible, right? But there are ways that we can prepare. We can move forward. You know, uh, investing in in low risk, high return investments, in such a high risk, low return environment. I want to invest. I want to invest in low risk, high return investments. And guess what? They do exist out there. We just have to be willing to think outside of the box. You know, we talked about uh, retirement structure. We can restructure our retirement in different ways so so that we're not relying on social security and medicare uh you know we're not relying on those unfunded liabilities you know as i mentioned before we can hold for we can hold currency in, in foreign banks we can hold uh currency in foreign banks in, in foreign currency in you know a government that's much more solvent in banks that are uh, are, are well uh, capitalized, in currencies that you know would be stronger, uh, less riskier currencies. There's different ways for us to do this, uh, and there's different ways for us to think outside of the box. But we just have to be, you know, willing to not bet everything on the impossible and just be willing to think outside of the box, right? So, so thank you all for listening today. Uh, go back and check out some of the blog articles. We, we read about taxation strategy quite frequently. Uh, check out some of the other podcasts. We've had some other guests. We've had some other interesting topics and, and guests on the podcast before. We have some Facebook live videos where we're also mixing in some different content, some valuable content. We try to be value creators. And, uh, and yeah, so thank you all for listening today. And we'll sign off with that.